In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Brendan Kilcoyne, Irish priest, Athenry, coming to you with uh, the Brendan Option, courtesy of Macalata Productions. Uh, you remember the drill. You got that subscribe button, and then you've got Patreon. You can visit them in whichever order you wish. Thanks a million for your support so far, which is giving us a huge amount of courage, okay? Because this this does need doing. And even if I can't do it, maybe somebody out there will be able to do it. But we need we need to keep things moving. I'm not saying we're the only ones doing anything. That's nonsense. We're new kids on the block. But this particular type of work, we need more of it. The internet's the highway. You want to sell your in-season strawberries, that's where you set up your stall. I want to talk a little bit today about something that seems to have struck a bit of a chord with our, our, our followers, uh, which is the question of Irish Catholicism. Now, historically, the Vatican always became nervous for perfectly good reasons about this Irish Catholicism, French Catholicism, German Catholicism, because it often was the precursor to a, a kind of a, a national, a national control of the church. Gallicanism would have been one form of that. Uh, you had it in France, a sense that the French church uh, really uh, pretty much answered to the king uh, and less to the pope. For all that, and Pope Francis has very much affirmed this, for all of that, there is no other way for an Irishman or an Irish woman to be Catholic without being Irish. We're mortal. And apart from meaning that we're going to die, it implies that we live in time and space. We've been brought up in a particular culture and we take that as God's will. The monks used to say, or used the, the voice of the bell. The bell was the vox dei, it was the voice of God. But for us, the will of God is seen in the land we were born into, the culture, the assumptions, the people we were born into. And that's what must be evangelized. That's where the faith becomes incarnate. So Catholicism in Ireland will, in a sense, be Irish Catholicism in a very valid sense. It will always be Roman. Rome is everywhere. Uh, we know theologically, ecclesiologically, that the, the Petrine ministry, the ministry of the Pope, is co-present and co-active in every particular church. That's in every diocese. Okay, We know that. So Rome is never far from us, thank God. Because I'll tell you, the food's very good there. But we are Irish. So just for the, these 10 minutes, I want you to feel the rain on your face. I want you to get out there and smell the rushes. I want you to savour the familiar tang of the bog water. No, don't drink bog water. Okay, that was a joke. I want you to consider how we're going to do this because it's wrecking my head. And what wrecks my head most is that it doesn't seem to be wrecking too many other heads. 
but now I may have misjudged. Perhaps I'm surrounded by stiff upper lip stoical types who don't show their feelings. And that would, that would indeed not just be the reactions of an Englishman of a certain type and generation, but very much the reactions of, of many Irish people. Maybe it is hugely concerning everyone around me. I look at Ireland and I see us in, in huge danger of becoming... You remember that phrase? It was used as an abusive phrase. Becoming West Britons. I happen to be, as de Valera was and said he was, an almost passionate Anglophile. I admired the English. I relished the magnificent English language. I relish her laws and customs and, and all the things that we inherited from the English, the tradition of unarmed policing, of oh, just so many wonderful inheritances. Thank God for them. But I'm not English. I'm an Irishman. So God bless the English and, and, and what a pity it was that we lost England, our lady's dowry. But God bless them and still for all that. But it doesn't solve my problem for me. Margaret Thatcher said once that uh, the Northern Ireland was as British as Finchley. The irony is a lot of Irish nationalists got really upset with that at the time, it was back in the 80s. But the irony is that Ireland really has ended up as British as Finchley. And the irony actually deepens. You notice the way I'm leaning forward? I'm really into this. The irony actually deepens because Finchley may not be all that British anymore. So what are we? All right, now don't start. Don't start, okay? Here we go. Wasn't it Christopher Hitchens who said, show me a Nazi, I'll show you an extreme Catholic? It was a great comment to, to take the wind out of the sails of his opposition, but it wasn't very fair. So please don't start on me. I'm not a racist. I'm not an uber-nationalist. I'm not a right-wing maniac. Okay, I am, con I am a conservative. It's a perfectly legitimate thing to bring to the public forum. I don't require everyone to be conservative. But I do require them to respect my conservative. How do we do this Irish thing? And more to the point, as Catholics here, how do we do the Irish Catholic thing? So I suppose what I'm saying is we're in the tripe, but we're not the only ones in it. The whole of Ireland is in it. And you really, boys and girls had st better start putting your thinking caps on and be a little bit more active about this because it's going to take more than going around in stupid green wobbly hats uh, and, and drinking green beer on, on so-called St Paddy's Day, which is an import. It's going to take more than that to solve the problem I'm talking about. And, and I'll, I put it to you that what I'm talking about even though it's not always being articulated, is felt. I mean, look at the rise of the Gaelskallana. We could go into the reasons why Gaelskallana do so well. We could go into that. That would be an interesting discussion. But it occurs to me that the last time you saw the middle classes, and the Gaelskallana are, as far as I can judge, overwhelmingly a middle class phenomenon. They're a bourgeois phenomenon. The last time the middle classes took up Irish, it did really well. The last time they took up Irish was, I think, was it in the Celtic Revival. And where you had the emergence of, of Sinn Féin from 
well, I know this is historical crudity, but from the old IRB and so on. It just occurs to me that there is a smell of this abroad, is that people realise that we are going to have to have some sense of who we are or we will lose all sense of who we are. Do we want to be Euro trash? I'm not saying anyone is. I'm just saying, do you want to be that? Do you want to end up as cultural flotsam and jetsam? Or do you want to be Irish? And fine, if we have white Irish, we have pasty white, vampirically white Irish, okay, who've always been here and who are gone completely a whiter shade of pale from the endless rain, and now you've black Irish, brown Irish, fine, let it rip, let it roll. That's, I'm, I have no issue with any of that. I'm just saying it's the Irish bit that's exercising me. What is it? Do we have something worth, I won't even say fighting for, do we have something worth living for? Do we have something worth building for? Or do we just go with the flow and assume that we're just part of a, a sort of a metropolitan, cosmopolitan society that has no roots at all? It was a great term of abuse among Stalinist communists to call somebody a rootless cosmopolitan. But you know, there may be a grain of truth in it. It may be a problem. All right, I realise this is open to abuse, so you you just send me as many warnings as you like, but we are going to have to do this. What is it to be Irish? What is it to be Irish Catholic? Or do we simply settle, as some of the young Catholics are doing, because they're afraid of extreme nationalism, do we simply settle for a whole load of imported holy pictures? Do we settle for going to foreign shrines? Uh, a holy monk said to me lately, you're tripping over the Irish in every shrine of Europe and you won't meet them in knock. Do we just settle for importing our religion as we import our, our, our shopping, our retail chains, as we, we speak a language that, that, that was the language of our conqueror? And a damn good language it is, by the way. It was good enough for Shakespeare, it's good enough for me. But is the Irish language worth the candle? And should this be an issue in the church? Now, Ever since the foundation of the state, we've had this whole thing of beginning a speech with a few words of Irish, ending a speech with a few words of Irish. But as the late Brendan O'Hare used to observe with his characteristic acerbity, when it came to business, everyone from De Valera on switched to English. Is there a case to be made for Irish? Is there a case to be made for Irish in the church? Is there a case to be made for taking this language, which, unlike English, is still to an extent a pre-industrial and deeply spiritual language? Is there a case for drawing on Irish to work out who we are going to be in this, in this new world and to work out what we are going to contribute spiritually and how we are going to listen to and hear the Spirit speaking to the churches? Is it possible that the Spirit may be speaking to us in Irish? and that most of us haven't a clue what he's saying. There's a fantastic video that was brought out about 20 years ago by Conrad Nagelga, the one of the great Irish um, revival and propagation organisations. And it was of a Chinese student who's passionate about Celtic studies. He learns Irish somewhere in China. He gets a burst to come over and study in Ireland. He, sit, he comes into an Irish pub and he can't wait to practice his nearly fluent Irish on the people in the pub. 
and nobody knows what he's saying to them. And finally, one old man, uh, played by the late Frank Kelly, says, Ah, Jesmeragit Sahara, you know, I, God and Mary with you, my young friend. And he starts talking to him in Irish at the, at the, at the counter of the bar. And it switches to two barmen listening to the conversation, and one of them said to the other, I never knew old Frank spoke Chinese. Listen to me. I, I, I don't need, I don't need you to tell me that Irish Catholics don't know who they are. I, I know, we, we, at least we know we're banjaxed. Do the Irish people as a whole realise how culturally in danger they are? Okay? Don't, please don't. Don't do what one or two of you might be tempted to do. Don't stick some lazy tag on this. It's not. It's not. I'm not a racist. I'm not, a, I'm not some sort of fundamentalist. I'm Catholic priest, a conservative Catholic priest, I admit, uh, in some ways. I, but I, I, I am not doing that. That we need to look at this steadily and with courage and integrity. Are we going to be Irish Catholics? Are we going to make a, a unique contribution as we once made a unique contribution? The oldest vernacular literature in Europe Huh? The oldest. And that's a Catholic literature. Please. Please, let, let's not just, having stumbled on a treasure, hastily cover it up again because we don't know what to do with it. Consider whether we should be maybe looking at this from a different angle. Perhaps landscape. Language. Perhaps they're the places we should be exploring in terms of how this new, much smaller, humbler church will express itself. I think we need to take a walk through the rushes. Mm, I think we need to take a walk on some bog. Talk together as to who we are, what we are, and how we are going to do this. God bless you and keep you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>